Friendshipping is proud to be part of the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. We're sponsored by Overcast, an independent podcast app that embraces the open world of podcasting instead of locking it down. No exclusives, no premium content, no paywalls, just a great podcast app for everyone. You can get it for free in the App Store. I did, like years ago. That's how good this app is. I'm Jen. I'm Trin. This This is Friendshipping! And the theme this week is... Asking your friends for a little bit more. Just give me a little more. A little cup of sugar. A little little bit more, a little more. A little teaspoon of baking soda. Friendship between humans has many benefits. But sometimes there is drama and you want to call it quits. Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits. View friendship at the problem. Jen, we've got some darn good questions today. We've got some great questions. Oh, I love that people are still writing to us, even though they have other things going on in their lives. It makes me really happy. Then you honestly, this the big uh, like detailed question we're doing at the end is about exactly that. It's about having enough time and energy to take care of everybody in your circles and and maybe asking for a little bit more. But we will get to that. But the first question is about Animal Crossing. And uh, and don't worry, guys, it's not going to be too inside baseball. It's from somebody who doesn't play. But speaking of people who do play, Benjamin Button. That's me. That's me. I play Animal Crossing now. Oh, man. Oh, man. Gotta say, starting to hit my stride with this game. Uh, I, for the first couple days, uh, like literal days of playing it, I uh, I found myself getting, I, I would play it until I got annoyed with it. <laughs> and I would get annoyed because uh, my pockets get full so easily. They How am I supposed beginning. to explore the island if, ah, oh, oh my God. Okay. So I was like, okay, I, I'm trying to collect all these seashells, trying to collect clams, and my pockets <laughs> are so full. Gosh, so annoying. But the inventory problem in the game starts to fix itself. Once you can afford a house, and I can, I was able to afford a house and pay off my mortgage in the same day, which is something that would never happen in real life ever wow. to anyone. Isn't it great ever. when money is fake? It's amazing. I know. It is. It's a little suspicious to me that money that the you know bells are the money in the game that money isn't as useful as nook miles that tom nook man he's a little shady he is uh he's you know uh he's an oligarch and he must be deposed but until that day we work within the system jen and don't worry bells will become useful it always depends on what you care about and what you specialize in. Like, for example, I don't give a shit about bells just because, like, my favorite thing is is garden. It's my garden simulator. So Animal Crossing is just for making hybrid flowers and stuff. But, oh, my gosh, I can't wait. Let me know when you are ready for me to visit your island. Please don't feel like you need to tart it up or anything. I'm going to make a little flower delivery for you. Bring some fun stuff. It'll be it'll be great. Oh, I would love that. Let's do that soon. Maybe, maybe later today. I named my island Mustard, by the way. <laughs> Mustard Island, um, because and and the reason is I like mustard. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I did open my island for friends to come over for just a little bit. Just I've done it once. And I invited my friends and I said, everyone give me stuff. Give me all your free stuff and don't make fun of me. <laughs> and then as soon as I had like three or four people over to the island, as soon as they all arrived and started showering me with gifts, I got immediately overwhelmed. I got immediately like Midwestern shy and was like, oh, my God, everyone get out of here and stop being so nice to me. This is too much. But I will, <laughs> when an internet friend of mine dropped off like two million bells <gasps> and they just, I know it was incredible. Wow. Um, they just like dropped them off the middle of the island. So there's like a ton of pouches, just, you know, those like little money bags just like sitting over in a big pile, in a big row rather. I, I, the Animal Crossing is on a grid system. You can't really make piles, as you know. 
And I I didn't really know what else to do while I had friends over on the island except like run in circles to indicate excitement. And then I was like, <laughs> I guess I'll just I guess I'll just start picking up this money. And then you know you can't hold that much money at once. So I had to keep running to the eight to like the Nook ATM thing. And it felt very like crass to be handling all this money while I had guests over. <laughs> Well, they ca- that's why they arrived, though. You know, it's like if you if you threw a baby shower and all the guests were really like, you know, busy with the baby or whatever. I don't know. That's what baby showers are. Right. Then that makes sense. You know, it's OK. <laughs> if you have that's true. If you had a piano recital and everybody was sitting around listening to the piano while you play piano. I mean, like, that's what the whole thing is for. So I think you're doing that's okay. why they're there. Yeah. Thanks. This was yeah. your Animal Crossing recital. <laughs> this was this your great. debutante ball for Animal Crossing. Ah, Jen, I can't wait. I can't wait till we play together. I'm so excited. And this leads right into our first question, which to tell you the truth, I would love to read it because it's so far from my experience in life because I'm the one who's obsessed with Animal Crossing. Yeah, you got to read this first one. Thank you, Jeb Dang. Hi there, Jen and Trin. I loved the bonus episode about Animal Crossing even though I've never played the game in my life. The episode reminded me of how much I genuinely enjoy hearing people talk about the things they love, even if I don't necessarily share that interest. But sometimes, especially if I don't know anything about that interest, it's hard to know what to say or ask to encourage my friends to gush about that cool thing that they love. I usually default to something like, oh my gosh, tell me everything, and then trying to come up with follow-up questions about what they say. But I think I could be more thoughtful in my questions and comments. Do you have any thoughts? Thank you. My pronouns are she, her. This is so cute. It's precious. And I'd like to start off this question with an admission, which is Animal Crossing is technically a game for literal babies and children. So I could understand why your friends assume that you do not give a shit to hear about it whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This might not be on you. It might be on uh, the Animal Crossing game itself. Yeah, it's just um, it's one of those things that's just such pure, gentle, delightful fun that I imagine it is hard for people to talk about it. I mean, on a, on a few different levels. One, because they're like, oh, it's for babies. And then two, I just feel like most people express a lot of shame when they f- feel pleasure in basically anything. I, maybe it's just Catholics. Uh, I don't know uh, that me and my partner were both raised Catholic. So that's part of it. Let me know if you're not Catholic and you feel a lot of shame. Um, <laughs> I just um, <laughs> like I remember this is what this reminds me of. So one time I was talking on private Twitter about how I find my, I finally found my new favorite Oreo, which is thin dark chocolate Oreos. They're outstanding. I would say they are the superior Oreo. And I had expressed shame in having eaten like a whole sleeve of these Oreos or whatever. And my buddy Sarah said something very, very wise that I will never forget. And that has honestly colored the way that I view pleasure, which is she said, it sounds like you really enjoyed yourself. Isn't it great to find a new thing that really brings you pleasure? And she said it in a way that didn't sound like a fucking robot because I don't remember. (laughs) I don't remember her words. So that was just like an awkward paraphrasing. But I think reminding people that they don't have to feel bad about this is a really great place to start from. Because when you talk about something that has any like residual societal shame, such as a game for all ages or a Harry Potter, oh, that's for kids, um, or uh, eating a bunch of junk food because, oh, that's that's not nutritionally dense and you need to eat nutritionally dense vegetables all the time sort of thing. I think acknowledging that and saying like, 
It sounds like you are really enjoying yourself and that makes me really happy. And if you ever want to talk about it, I'm here for that. I think that's a great beginning. That is such a good friendship move too. And Trin, you you yourself are very good about this. Like whenever Survivor comes back, which is like every three months because Survivor is about to enter its 41st season. I can't. Trin, you always say something like, I'm really happy for you. I am. I'm really happy for you and your family. It's very sweet. It makes me happy. Yeah, I love it. I think this this asker is coming from a really sweet place. And I don't think they should put too much pressure on themselves to say the perfect question or thoughtful anecdote. If you are enthusiastic about your friend's enthusiasm, they can feel that. And that that's enough. I agree. And it also might. Another thing is, is if it's hard for you to get your friends to talk about like this game, I think that we should also make this admission. And perhaps I should have said this earlier in the show. It might just be that your friends are talking less because we're going through a global crisis. So, like, remember that, too. Or they don't have a lot to say. Yeah. You were laughing at yourself a little bit last week because you're like, wow, I talked a lot about Animal Crossing. But I will admit that it is I can't stop talking about it now to my partner. So the other day we took a socially distant jog to uh, the Chicago River, which is about 10 minutes away. So we jogged there and we walked back. So that means it took us about like 25 minutes to walk back. And I'm not kidding. I barely took a breath on the way Aww. back because all I was doing was talking about Animal Crossing. And then we got back to the house, our apartment, and I like snapped awake and I was like, oh my God, I think I'm out of breath more than I was during that jog. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you're telling me all about Animal Crossing and you're getting really excited about it. And I was like, Whoa, Trin, I totally get it now. (laughs) Man, that reminds me of the time I went to go see Wonder Woman for the first time with my best friend Andy. And I was weeping (laughs) for the entire walk back to the train. It was like 15 minutes. And, you know, Wonder Woman at the time was a big deal for me because I'd only seen so many, you know, female led good kind of action movies. And like, obviously, I have other criticisms of of Wonder Woman, but like I enjoyed it and it was wonderful to see this this person be strong, you know, and Andy enjoyed it like as a film. But, you know, men are very used to seeing themselves be badasses. So he didn't quite feel the same way about the movie that I did, even though he enjoyed it. And I remember him. I mean, I, I don't think I'll ever be able to remember the exact questions that he asked me, but it was always like I would express a feeling and he would say, wow, that sounds really powerful. Can you tell me more about why that hit you? Like, what's what's your frame of reference here sort of thing? I don't really know if that's going to oh, work super well great. for Animal Crossing. But but the, what was important about this is that he asked me about feelings. So like I would bring up the parts of the movie that were important, but he, you know, he couldn't, he didn't know what parts in the movies, the movie I cared about. So he let me choose the topic and then kind of guided me to actually I'd really love to hear more information as to as to why you feel this way, which I thought was great. Yeah, that's so good. Man, it's funny you brought up movies because sometimes there's some movies I can't watch because they mean too much to me. <laughs> I can't just sit down and watch Lord of the Rings. It's too much. Or like sometimes I have this thing. And I, can't, I don't know if I've talked about this on the show before, but if a movie really moves me or really makes me cry, I have this problem where I don't stop crying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So like even I'll be like laughing and crying at the same time and be like, I can't stop. I have to go to the bathroom. It's not stopping. <laughs> this happened after I saw Spider-Verse into the multiverse. Oh, that uh, so I, good. I started crying like five minutes toward the end of that movie. A very specific part made me burst into tears. And then I, I was there with my partner and our friend Ben, who I had not, I don't think I'd seen a movie with him before. And I think my he was very sweet about it. But I could definitely tell the, the amount I was crying and how like puffy my face was. He was a little alarmed. I was like, I'll be I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'll be I'll be back later. I have to go take care of my face. Ben learned to deal with her emotions. <laughs> yeah. So back to Animal Crossing. What are some things you can say? Um, I mean, I think 
I think let's start from the feeling of embarrassment. So addressing that directly, even saying, hey, I can tell that you find this a little embarrassing or weird, but it's honestly not. It's actually really endearing for me to hear you talk about something that you enjoy and that relaxes you, especially right now when so many things are not relaxing. You could start from there and just be like, hey, I'm addressing the feeling you're feeling. I'm not saying it's it's invalid. But I'm saying it's not relevant to this situation right now. You don't need to feel embarrassment about talking to me about this, you know? Yeah, I love that. And you can say, like, I'm always open to hearing more about your cute island. And don't say that if you don't mean it. Like, there's some topics that will will become tired for you, but some of them you just won't. Like, I could listen to my friends talk about the dumb things their children say all day long. Oh, same. Like, I... Yeah, I'm like always, I, I, I think I've said aloud before, if you think you want to tell someone a story about your kid and you don't think anyone will care, I will always care. <laughs> like, I am always interested in hearing about the dumb shit your children say. You could say that. You could keep the door open. You can say, tell me more, or what's that mean? Or, uh, hey, how are you? And how are the villagers at Mustard Island? You know, you can leave the door open for them to to discuss how they're doing or how their villagers are. Yeah, and and address the fact that you know that you know how your friend you you kind of know how your friend feels. It sounds like you can tell your friends are embarrassed and you can tell that they don't want to annoy you. So why don't you tell them, hey, I'm not sick of hearing about this. And I promise you, I will let you know as soon as I am. But right now, what's the tea with your villagers? Yeah, that's so good. Like I was I was talking to, to Jen earlier about this topic about What kinds of things can an adult person find pleasure in and then get no shame from that? And I was like, I guess like fine literature and classical music and going to the opera and looking at (laughs) looking at Van Gogh's and stuff. And there's definitely a lot of room for that in one's life. And if you never do that, which I can't imagine that you never enjoy something that's intended for adults, uh, this sounds like porn but you know what i'm saying like like (laughs) there's a place for that and it doesn't have to be constantly you don't have to enjoy adult shit only you can just have fun and hey friend i love to hear about your fun yeah like i always think about this applied to reading the last five books i've read have been thriller mystery beachy reads and like there is nothing wrong with that and I used to be a little embarrassed by like how much I like those criminal novels that have a twist towards the end because they're kind of cheap and they kind of follow formula. But now that I've uh, I'm on Goodreads and I I have, a, I have a Goodreads account so I can see what all my what some of my friends are reading. And now I, it's kind of been a good exercise in not being embarrassed about the genres I read because um you know you can like share what you're reading and I see what my friends are reading and they have don't have no embarrassment about their romance novels or their lighthearted novels or whatever. And I think that's so awesome because why I don't. Why am I judging myself so harshly when I do not judge the way what other people read at all? A hundred percent. The amount that you read has always made me feel so intimidated because you like read actual books like that have covers. I mean, they're they're books, but like, you know, Trin, you read comics and graphic novels. That's reading too. Yeah, I will definitely never be the, I will not stand for people that say audiobooks aren't reading yeah, or yeah. YA isn't reading. Like that is, that is gatekeeping and we do not allow that here at Friendshiping LLC. You're totally right. I am really only shaming myself in this situation because <laughs> like, you know, there are lots of reasons why some like quote unquote adult themed entertainment, again, sounds like pornography, but that is not what we're talking about at this time. <laughs> 
Um, There are many reasons why those things can be less welcoming and less open to newcomers. You know, I talk about my ADHD like every week because it's like all I think about lately. And that's one of the reasons why I don't often read a book cover to cover. Um, I have like several nonfiction books about like rocks that I'll read a couple paragraphs at a time here and there. Yeah. That's because adult stuff for adults doesn't think that it needs to be welcoming because it assumes so many things about you. Adult stuff for adults is, I know you can pay attention to this symphony for two hours. You have no problem with that, right? I know that you understand every word in this book because you're an adult sort of thing. And like there's, again, there's 100% a place for that. And I'm not saying that you're childish or stupid or something like that if you can't do those things. What I'm saying is there are very valid adult reasons why that's difficult. And this is why they make the For Dummies books. It's because it it breaks things down to a level smaller than what we assume a, an adult should know. But the truth is, is that it, those books are so much easier to learn stuff from because you actually cover all of the steps. And Animal Crossing is welcoming. It's easy. There's The whole thing is a tutorial. You know, I mentioned the clothing in Animal Crossing being like Ikea clothing. Well, the game is like Ikea, you know, like you get cute things and you put them together. Deriving pleasure from that is easy. There's no gate to climb over. And I forgot what I was going with this other than I can understand why people are embarrassed by it. But I also know that like not every adult entertainment will suit every adult. I feel like you're you're speaking directly to me and issuing a reminder that it's okay that I read the equivalent of Michael Bay movies as yes. books. You know, yes. it's like, who cares if you're enjoying yourself? It's worthwhile. My darling, wonderful friend, Carlin, listened to our Animal Crossing bonus episode and expressed the same thing, that she does not play it, but she was curious to know more about it because all of her friends do. And she has said that to me before, too. Like, I don't mind when you talk about Animal Crossing. And I just like I never believed her really until this moment, ask her. So, yeah. So thank you for this gift. (laughs) And you know what? Some things are private. I will never show off my Sims homes. I've decided I love looking at other people, how other people like build their Sims neighborhoods and stuff. But I realized for me, it's just too important. It's too personal. That's private. (laughs) Um. This reminds me of a story of my brother and I. We went out to White Castle to get Impossible Burgers. And as you know, White Castle is like complete trash garbage food. And it's delicious. Mm-hmm. And I love it. I was, you know, eating my burgers in the car. And I noticed my brother, who similarly to me and very much enjoys food, was just eating like a small amount of French fries. And I was like, Gus, what's going on here? Like, uh, you know, I don't want to make you do anything, but I thought you were hungry. And he turns to me and he says, Trin, I do all of my best eating alone. And... <laughs> so good. And I love that because I get it. Like, I understand wanting to hork down a pie and not give a crap if there's whipped cream all over your body afterwards, you know, like, which also sounds sexual. What's going on here? Um, I, I get that. Um, so it may, so I guess the, the counter to this is if your friends don't want to talk to you about Animal Crossing, it may just be because it's such a private, special place for them that they enjoy so deeply that they do it alone. Yeah. And that's also okay. Just want to add the disclaimer in case you've got a friend who's not opening up to you about it. It's probably not your fault. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Asker, you're great. I like you. I think you're you're nice. The end. Yeah. And if you're looking for more Animal Crossing content, you're in the right place. Yes, you sure the fuck are. <laughs> so uh, what do you think? Second question? Yeah, let's do it. I think I'm up. You are. <clears throat> Jen and Trin. I am often the initiator with some of my closest friends. I usually reach out first, either to chat, hang out, whatever. 
Lately, I've been feeling pretty unenthusiastic about taking on this role, especially during isolation, where I've been dealing with multiple deaths in the family related to COVID and increased general depression. I am very sorry. That is, I'm very sorry to hear that. It makes me wonder if I am perceived as being super busy and not available unless I reach out first, since usually my friends seem more than happy to engage after I initiate. I do realize that everyone has busy lives, but I would really like more of a balance back and forth with planning hangouts in particular, online and otherwise. Not all of my relationships are like this, but I can think of four of my very closest friends who fall into this pattern. They are definitely more introverted people, as am I, but I wouldn't describe them as cactus friends either. I'm wondering if there's a good way I can ask for more reciprocation or signal that I would be receptive to it. I'm also questioning if I'm being overly sensitive about this, and I wonder if I should just be happy that I have friends who want to spend time with me, even if I need to put in the legwork to make things happen more often. Any advice or thoughts would be appreciated. Pronouns she, her. Jen, I would like to start this off with, I'm also questioning if I'm being overly sensitive about this. So you're definitely not being sensitive. We do think that your friends are not initiating for reasons other than than you, but it's not that you're being sensitive. It's that it's striking a nerve when your friends don't initiate and that you feel that they are not close to you. It's hitting you in the lonely feels and you are having a harder time than most people are, I think, during this. I mean, obviously, like the strife of COVID is very widespread and it's far reaching and it's not just being directly affected by it that is hard. But I think that it's important for you to start from a place of no, like you you are not being too sensitive. You are being punched directly in your wound, which is the loneliness of being near people, I think. I had a therapist say to me once, I can't remember exactly how she said it, but she said, you're not overreacting, you're just reacting. Right. You know, aren't you allowed to have feelings and opinions and preferences and emotions? I wrote some notes about this trend about, uh, but I, I want to pause a second and, and look back to the fact that they are suffering some losses. Yeah. During, okay, that's a, that's a pretty big deal. I hope your friend's I have reached out to you about and checked on you about that, you know? Yeah. Even, so their, their question was about hangouts and initiating fun stuff. On the other side of that, are they also like checking in on you emotionally? If you've suffered a loss and they know about it, I would hope your friends would, would be of the mind to, even if they don't, no one knows what to say or do right now, but I hope they would acknowledge that you are going through some very serious shit. Yeah. And it's impossible to be perfect in this situation. Like your friends um, cannot perfectly reciprocate, especially because you mentioned, you know, they're not good at this. This is not a skill that they have. This is a skill that you have. You have picked up the skill of being able to know how to properly extend an invite, how to be vocal and how to talk. And you, you acknowledge that your friends are introverts and, and they're bad at this. So I don't think that they will ever perfectly respond to the specific trauma that you're having. And I also know that that is the kind of trauma that hits so close to home right now. You know, uh, if, if COVID was a boogeyman and the boogeyman, you know, stole a few of your, your close loved ones and your friends are terrified of the fucking boogeyman right now, they probably oh, yeah. won't ask you about the boogeyman, you know, or, or it will be very difficult for them to do so. Which is not to say that you need to forgive them or something like that for not reaching out. I just think that that is a good thing to keep in perspective. And I'd like to use that as some evidence that your friends love you very much, though they may be doing poorly with this situation. Here's the thing. No one is at their best right now. Like my own friends are still thoughtful and awesome, wonderful, kind people, but they are also struggling. Everyone is. So I think now is not the time to judge too harshly. And that includes judging yourself. And I don't think the Esker is judging too harshly, actually. I don't think they are being unfair. 
but I think they are noticing a pattern in their friendships. And I don't think it's a coincidence that they notice this pattern now while they are in isolation and feeling very unhappy. Yes, absolutely. I 100% agree. I don't want you to think that we feel like you are asking too much of your friends. It's more that I'm going to use myself as an example because that's the person I can talk about the most thoroughly. Um, So I'm a deep introvert like your friends, um, and uh, I do not have the skills that you have um, for organizing friends. Um, I I wasted all of my good organization skills on, um, you know, putting together events and now they're gone. But right now, the most stressful thing for me is talking to people. I would say it's, it's the number one stru- uh, most stressful thing is, is any time I have a conversation with basically anybody other than my partner, it's just the most stressful thing in my day. Like I will have I, I, I played in human conditions on a stream with my friends a couple of weeks ago, and I'm honestly still recovering. I, I could not do another stream right now because for introverts. Uh, the energy sapping from being social is immense. I mean, I have completely shut myself off to people who are not directly related to me or like my top, like literally three friends. And by top, I don't mean like I'm raking them, but just like my, they're my family, you know? And man, this sucks because you need and you deserve love and attention. But it is also very, very, very difficult to come by. It is very, very hard. And you are asking it from people who are particularly bad at this. Keeping all of this in mind, keeping that the thing that you want, you deserve, but it is expensive uh, and it is something that takes special time to give. You have to be really, 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 really specific uh, because uh, your friends have no energy to put themselves in your shoes right now. People's energy for this stuff is absolutely at a limit right now. One thing that Esker wrote is not all of my relationships are like this, but I can think of four of my very closest friends who fall into this pattern. And you know what? That actually doesn't surprise me that it's your four closest friends who don't initiate because sometimes our oldest friends and our closest friends and the people that feel like family, they can go on autopilot a little bit. Yeah. Um, And this, you know, this can be a bummer if you need a little more care, but it can also mean that you are naturally more understanding, forgiving, give each other the benefit of the doubt. So it's kind of got it's two sides to this. And I've always believed, I think I read this in a book and like underlined it and like wanted it tattooed on my heart. In times of trauma, in times of crisis, people really want what is normal. Right now, I don't think any of my friends are asking very much when they say, I wish we could just sit outside together or I wish we could just go to a bar and things would be okay. They're not asking for the world. They're asking just for a little bit of a little brush of joy that they would feel under normal circumstances or circumstances before the COVID. And I think your friends aren't, uh, all they want is normalcy. And normalcy for them means falling back into the same pattern that you've had for a long time. If you want something outside of the pattern, you definitely need to call it out. And it feels awkward and it feels weird, but at some point it will be worth it. It will feel worth it to you to say something that you feel a little weird saying because you know this is the only way to get what you need. And I don't know quite how to say this, as I always say, you know, say it in your own words in the way that makes most sense to you. But I think let's start small. Let's start on step one. So right now you are reaching out to your four closest friends who are the most introverted people and you want love from them. So what I would suggest is reach out to them in some way. It could be a mass text if everybody's close. It could be individually texting if, if that's going to be better for you. But say something like, you know, I'm feeling lonely and I want to hear from specifically you. I miss you. 
And I know that this is not something that you do a ton. You know, I know that you're a bit of an introvert and I love that about you. Um, But if you could just send me texts sometimes and ask for what you want, what I would ask for, which is probably not the same thing that you would ask for, which is, uh, you know, good memes or, uh, hey, did you see uh, if you see anything funny on Twitter? I'm ignoring Twitter right now. So please feel free to send it. And in fact, um, I would love multiple texts a day from you about this stuff or saying, you know, I, I could use a little bit more social stuff in my life. I know that's hard for you. But if you think of a happy memory during the day, I would love it if you'd reach out and text it to me. Um, don't feel like you need to start a whole conversation about it. It's really just the act of you reaching out would feel really good to me right now. You know, so so something very specific like that, stating this is what I want. I'm not saying I want all your energy and your time and I need you to like, you know, put together game nights and stuff. Start small. And then uh, if they can reciprocate that way and you feel good about the way that they've been reciprocating, I think that after that and in, in real life and by real life, I mean non-COVID life, I would say start with this. But again, it's just we're dealing with with low energy people right now. The next step would be, hey, I feel like I've been putting together all of the online hangouts, all of our six feet away outdoor hangouts. I would love it if somebody would step up. But again, that would be something that you would do after they successfully complete the first task, I would say. If you've never asked for a change in this pattern before, you might surprise them, not necessarily in a bad way. Just, you know, they might be surprised to hear you ask for something for yourself if you don't do it very often, which is not a sign you shouldn't do it. Especially like if, especially if you follow Trin's really good advice about starting small. I had a friend text me once and I was so, I felt so good to get this text and I felt so proud isn't the right word. I think admiring might be the, the better term of uh, her ability to ask for something because it's something that most people in my life don't do enough of. She said, hey, I'm going to see a family member. Can you do me a favor and check on me in a couple of days? And I was like, Yes, I would I would be so happy to send you a text that says, hey, thinking of you. She was not asking for much. She was just saying, I need to be reminded that my friends love me and I'm so happy to do that. And I think, you know, you're close to these people. You can totally you can ask for things. You can tell them how to love you. Um, and, And before you before you do decide to bring this up, either on an individual or group basis, I would do a little little brain, little mind experiment little exercise and, and take, take stock of your friendships as a whole and as individuals. List in your mind the awesome and loving things that your friends have done for you over the years, big and small. Maybe they threw you a birthday party or they like maybe review the last hilarious conversation you had over text. Whatever it is, I want you to be reminded that your friends do love you. They're not loving you exactly correctly right now, but they do love you. And I know that's true because you wrote to us they seem more than happy to engage after I initiate something. I think that's a really important detail. Yeah. Your friends are there for you. You need them to do something very small for you. And I think that's very reasonable. I was also thinking about the fact, again, that you mentioned that they're introverts. And I was thinking about how sometimes for an introvert or for people with specific trauma, receiving a text can be energy taking or it can be and by energy taking I don't even I don't mean that necessarily in a bad way I just mean that in that you know every action requires fuel and I have a great example and something that I wanted to say to Jen um Jen sent me possibly one of the best compliments of my life a few days ago via text and I read it and I internalized it and I processed it and it meant so much to me I couldn't do anything else. I had to, <laughs> to like I like was you, this the one that I sent you late at night when I wasn't sober. Yeah, yeah, it was. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. It really fucking got me. Like, you, like my eyes like got all like watery and stuff. 
But like, I mean, that was like five days ago or something. And like, again, it just it was so meaningful that it just literally took me actual days to process it because it was just like, I don't know, like it was very, very sweet. You're you're a wonderful friend. Um, So thank you. And I totally understand getting a text and then not responding to it. I have pretty severe phone anxiety. And like over like I, I have this new thing where when I take Mavi on a walk, I don't take my phone. I'll make sure my partner has his phone just in case we have an emergency and need to call someone. But I don't want to be reachable for those 15 minutes. Yes. Even by people I love. If nothing else, ask her. Just assume that your introverted friends also have phone anxiety. That's probably they probably do. Yeah. I mean, I it's kind of like how we talk about um, that meta filter thread that we always talk about, which is ask versus guest culture, which really just describes a divide between two different frames of mind. And I think part of what's happening here is that they are doing unto you what they would have done unto themselves, which is they don't want to get texts all of the time because it's it feels very fuel draining for them. Even though they're happy to receive them, it can be difficult. And seeing you go through significant trauma, it may be that they don't want to steal your time or your energy and, and giving you some space is their, is their way of doing that. Often when people don't know what the fuck to do, they do nothing. I would say that like... You know, we've been in this friendship advice game for like five years now, and I feel like it is often the the more important a task is and the more confused a person is on how to do it, the more likely it is that they will do absolutely fucking nothing. Uh, (laughs) Absolutely. God, humans are so likely to seize upon the least awkward thing, and that is usually saying nothing or doing nothing. Do you remember that one question we got where the lady was like, I'm so mad that I got $50 in the mail as a wedding present. Remember that? Yep. So this reminds me of that because I think about the friend who sent the $50 as being like, yo, I don't know what to do. And this is the least awkward thing I can think (laughs) of. I don't really know. It's going in the mail. It's going in the mail. It's going in the mail. I I feel like that's mostly how I live my life is is you know screaming, um and and I feel that um so while yep. we deeply empathize with you Asker and you are in the right here you are asking for the things that you need um also just keep in mind that everybody is feeling like garbage and yeah so in conclusion start with small steps be specific and God I really hope life starts getting easier for you. Fuck. You're at the bottom of the Ferris wheel right now, but I, I really do think you're going to pop up soon. Yeah, me too. I, I'm. We're thinking about you. I'm sending energy with my brain right now. I'm sending your energy brainwaves. Yeah, I just think it's important to remember. I can't tell you how many times over the years I've heard people and friends say, I couldn't think of what to say or do. So I just kept it to myself. And that's not wrong. It's just like, it's just a human, it's just a human behavior, right? People are so likely to think the nice thing and then not do the thing because they're so scared of saying or doing the wrong thing. And by they, I am actually talking about myself. (laughs) You know, we talk on the show a lot about um, doing low stakes good. So like a low stakes good would be like texting your friend, hello, I love your smile, you know, or something like that. Yeah. And it's low stakes because there's very little to lose. You know, you are not taking something away from them. It will. There's a low chance of them being annoyed by this text. There's a low chance of of them being bothered. And there's a high chance for a reward, which is them to be to be happy. But reaching out to somebody during a time of trauma can feel like a high stakes sort of thing, because there's a lot to lose if you say the wrong thing. 
it's not just like texting, I love your smile. You know, it's you could feel like, oh, I didn't say something deep enough or important enough. And then that was bad because now you feel like I don't care or, oh, man, I, I said something really, really, uh, you know, sensitive and earnest and and it knocked you back into your depression. Yeah, that's the one I'm always afraid. I'm always afraid I'm interrupting them in a good moment, you know? Yeah. And we would love to say like, oh, just reach out to your friends and they need to hear from you. But the truth is we can't say that because people are bad at talking, you know, and especially introverts are really bad at talking. They don't do it very often. So, yes, I again, I don't want to explain away your friends not giving you the energy that you need. It's more that I want to give you the context of why people do the things that they do so that you can accept whatever love they do give you. You might have to take some time to appreciate the way that they are loving you. And again, I don't think it's I don't think you're asking for very much. And I think you're totally right to want a little bit more of attention from your friends right now. Well, your friends, even your awesome close friends, they will let you down sometimes. But I would say right now, most people will fail any friendship test, you know, and we want like we're in the middle of a pandemic and no one knows what to do. And everyone is is struggling and experiencing uh, 24 seven bad feelings. So everyone is going to be everyone's going to fail your little friendship test right now. But like Trin said, if you start small and you're clear and you ask specifically for what you need, I think you're setting your friendship up for success and you're not asking too much. Jen, I love that. Well, this has been Friendshipping with Jen and Trin. If you would like to send us a question, we would love your questions. Friendshippingpodcast at gmail.com. As you notice today, again, we're doing it a little differently. We're doing a general discussion question and then a specific question. So no matter what your question is, please feel free to email it over. We will find a way to use it, maybe, and allow for light editing for time and clarity. Uh, if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you can at do friendship at Trin and Tonic, Trin has one N, and at Jen Dangerous, Jen has double N. Thank you to Ian Parman for editing. Thank you to Monica Verma for being our agent. Thank you to Lauren Gallagher for all of your design work. Thank you to Alex Cox, Podfather, and Audio Daddy. Thank you to Maya Lewis for singing our theme song. Thank you to Overcast for being our only sponsor uh, and uh, honestly a very good podcasting app. And you know what, <laughs> ladies, gentlemen, and people better than both of those things, Thank you for listening. <laughs> you are so welcome for talking. New friendship at the problem. And the theme this week is... We don't know yet. We'll get to this later. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>